Hi, I'm Donnie. I'm Trinidadian Costa Rican. Hi, I'm Rhonda. I'm Afro Honduran. And we are your your co hosts for Negra Negra Como Soy. Or I am Afro Latina. Every Tuesday, we'll bring you the insights, perspectives, and history of the African diaspora in Latin America. To educate, enlighten, and hopefully create a sense of belonging for you, our listeners and viewers. Negra Como Soy is brought to you by Cultures, the global multicultural magazine. Cultures celebrates cross-cultural identity because everyone should feel like they matter. All right, I am so excited today to be here with Dr. Paulette Bethel. Uh, you, if you noticed, the title of our, our episode today is No Longer Latina. And Dr. Bethel grew up in, well, we'll let you, her tell you her story. I think it's one that you'll be able to relate to. And I think as we move forward uh, in the world and our global world and how things are changing now, you'll find a lot of people around you who can relate to this story as well. So Dr. Bethel, thank you so much. Que tal, que tal? (laughs) Okay, thank you for inviting me and having me here. Um, Just kind of briefly, um, Donnie, when you and I were talking about doing the interview and you sent the title, I had a reaction and I shared it with you. And as I get into my story, I think, you know, it will kind of highlight why I had the reluctance around the title, No Longer Latina. So um, my story is that in 2017, like a lot of people, I took the Ancestry DNA test. And I got to tell you, I was so influenced by the guy that went from his lederhosen to his kilts. that I had always heard all of these wonderful stories about all of my racial and ethnic backgrounds, and I decided I wanted to confirm or not confirm some of the stories that I had been told by my mother and my family. And so I took the test and the results came in, and like most people, I got the email that said your results are in, and I was so excited um, to find out what parts of Africa am I from, what parts of Europe am I from. and. Um, I opened the email and I looked, and at the time, they're always changing the format, but at that time, it was a pivotal format for me because I had already gotten a call from one of my cousins telling me about what she had discovered in hers, right? And I looked up in the upper right-hand corner of my results and it said, uh, Native American Indigenous Ancestry Zero. And I looked at that and I thought, well, that can't be because my cousin just told me that her results said that she was 32% indigenous Native American. And so I'm sitting there and I'm in someone's car, you know, in the backseat of a friend's car, and I'm going, um, 32, zero, you know, how about maybe not 32, maybe 25, maybe 20, but zero, right? And then I looked to the left and there were groupings of maps that showed all the different places on the globe where I have indeed do have heritage. And Mexico was not circled. And uh, I thought, well, that can't be. My grandfather's from Mexico. And so I thought, well, maybe they're from, really from Guatemala or some other place that sounds more exotic or less, you know. And I I looked and I realized no circles in Central America. And then I went, no circles on Central America, no circles on South America. And then I knew something was terribly wrong with my results. The short story is I then discovered that my my paternity was not what I had always grown up to believe. I learned that I was no longer a Martinez. Uh, And I have to tell you, I was pretty, pretty devastated 
my mother is no longer living. Uh, and so I couldn't call her and say, Mom, you know, what the heck is this? And um, I began my quest, my journey to discover who I really was and then to make sense of my shattered identity. Because what I recognized in that moment, looking at those results, it was no longer a cute, funny story about going from the, the, um, the lederhosen to the kilt. It was 50% of my identity blew up within about 60 seconds, right? Uh, now, we believe there are millions of people that are experiencing this right now. And not everybody has their discovery as quickly as I did. Sometimes people begin to recognize, ah, something's not quite right here. And other people will have someone contact them saying, I'm your half-sister. You know, that kind of thing in terms of the discovery. But in my case, because I had been made aware about the indigenous ancestry and it wasn't there at all, it gave me um, a pretty quick joke. And, uh, and so from there, my trying to find out, you know, well, if I'm not a Martinez, who am I? You know, um, if I'm going to change out my salsa shoes, what shoes do I switch to? I mean, I'm, I'm doing it with humor now, but back then there was nothing humorous about having your sense of self be not only impacted by the paternal identity, but where Donnie was coming from is the, you know, finding out I'm no longer a Martinez and what does that mean for me, right? Um, who am I now if I'm not that? Now, a lot of people will say, but, but nothing's changed. You're still the same person that you were yesterday. And to that, I would go nonsense. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so yeah, that, that's my story is having, and, and I ended up finding a community that was like a lifesaver for me. And um, they ended up coming with a term called NPE as an acronym for not parent expected. And the short version of that is when I opened up the DNA, I did not expect that at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? It was an absolute total there's shock. There's so many things with it because, like you say, NPE, it's not the parent you ex expected. That, that alone is a big shock, even if it were the same ethnicity, right? Um, but right. then now you've lost a whole part of your culture. And when you identify with that, as you said, you know, in humor, the salsa shoes, what kind of dancing shoes will you wear now? You know, I don't know how I would feel because it's a such a big part of how I see myself and the pride in my heritage and understanding mm -hmm. why I like certain things and what moves me, you know, um, if, mm -hmm. if that all changed in 60 seconds. Right. Now, in this case, um, you know, Donnie, because my parents divorced when I was very young, I was not raised in that culture. And neither right? was I. I was... Neither was I. And that's what I'm saying. You know, uh, I actually didn't know until probably how old was I? Maybe seven that my dad was Latin. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I instantly was very proud. Instantly was very proud of that because my Trinidadian heritage meant so much to me growing up mm -hmm. globally, finding out he also was from another place. It wasn't just the Latin factor, but he's from Costa Rica. I, I was very proud of that. So losing that in a second, I, I remember how proud I was in a second. 
-hmm. how devastated would I be in a second? So, so yes. Um, although I was not raised in the culture, I agree with you. I was very proud of that part of my heritage. I embraced it. Um, I, I was always naturally rhythmic as a child, and I guess I was assuming that it was both the African influence and the Mexican influence that had me. I just loved Latin music, you know, just kind of instinctually. So I just thought, well, that's part of my genetics, right? I, I was just, it was born. Um, and then I found out that actually uh, I'm of Scottish descent, right? And so, um, yeah. You might be related. It, I have some of that too. Right. And now that I'm learning more and more about who I am on the paternal side, I have been absolutely blown away by how much I am like this family I never grew up around. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just been an amazing journey on, on that part to um, now have like, oh, is that why I think this way or act that way? Right? Is that why... And I grew up with half siblings, but I was always very different from them. And I assumed I was very different because of the Martinez influence. And now I know that's not it. And that's where right. I was just I can hear you. Oh, sorry, Dr. Rhonda. I'll, I'll just say this quickly. I was just about to go there because I, I know based on our discussions that as you grew up, you knew there were things that were different about you. And again, you assumed it was from the Martinez side. And looking back now, I think I gleaned from our conversation, you can see, oh, yes, that's what that was. And that's what this was. Exactly. You know, um, and some of the I can see now reflecting back, there were conversations that um, I would have with my mother or I would overhear. Right. That didn't make sense to me back then. But, you know, it's kind of I'd blow it off. But what I find interesting is all those specific conversations to this this uh, experience uh, never left me. So on some level, my body instinctively knew for those particular incidents or conversations, they were meaningful, even if I had no idea why. And Dr. Ronick, right. you were going to say something? You yeah, know. we were talking in a previous and, episode about, um, you know, the com this comfort that comes with having a foundation from which to build your perspective. Right. On mm -hmm. not just yourself, but the world and how you see and view things. But mm -hmm. I think right now, like where, where my mind is shifting in your storytelling is that there's also in looking for that comfort, this need um, to create an attachment. Right. To to something right. for your to anchor your identity. And so when you were saying, oh, you know, I can dance and I, I have all of these things because of this piece of my culture, that's evidence of you trying to connect and trying to anchor to something from which to build your identity. And then when that's taken away, then now you're floating off in space, like, well, where do I attach myself? How do I anchor myself? And then further evidence as you're saying, oh, I can see, you know, this other side of myself with this family that I'm learning about. I'm so much like them. And you're connecting in that way because of that innate need to attach and anchor. So I think if someone said that you were Japanese, then you might even be able to recognize things in that culture that you can connect to, um, right? Mm -hmm. that, that you would- Right, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and, and right on point, um, 
I tell people, you know, I've, I've begun to work in this arena, but I tell people that a lot of what happens is your attachment has, you know, I talked about identity disrupted, but the attachments, as you described, um, they, they've been um, disrupted also, right? And so you're absolutely right. I can remember sitting, sitting in my husband's office in the middle of the night, tears just flowing down my face and trying to make sense of, you know, who am I now? Right? Because that, that had become an existential question in reality. You know, it was facing me. And um, as um, Donnie is aware, in the middle of that crisis, and I was indeed in crisis, I was trying to make sense of it. And before I knew it, I was developing a model, not because I was developing a model, I was on paper trying to connect the dots and make sense out of, you know, what has happened to me. And before I knew it, I and, and I thought I was grieving, and, and I do want to point this out, I thought I was grieving, but what I began to realize is what was really going on is I was deep in the midst of trauma, mm -hmm. right? Because everything, and, and at that point, you know, I can't say everything I knew, but in that moment, I was like, my world just blew apart mm -hmm. on me, right? And before I knew it, uh, I had... Um, some exposure to someone's trauma model. And I pulled that model out once I had that moment and I began to look at the model and I began to make changes mm -hmm. and I started calling it uh, an identity, the NPE identity disruption model. Mm -hmm. And as I shared, I didn't name it in that moment, but I did, I remember I wrote down identity disruption, right? Mm -hmm. And then later I found out I got exposed to the Facebook community that I'm a part of, that they gave me the NPE that I put in front of it. And it was just basically going through, you know, we talked about the cycle of grief. I came up with the cycle of trauma in this identity disruption experience. And I now recognize that this is applicable across so many experiences, including like um, the, the third culture kid experience, an immigrant experience, just anything that takes you from a place where you are known or you, you have this known identity and then you move into a different culture, then um, how you saw yourself in some cases, especially if it's like refugees or, or things like that, war, you know, war torn, your identity comes into total disarray, right? You, you begin to recover it and come up with new ways of seeing yourself. But I've begun to recognize that this model has broad applicability. I wonder what the connections would be to like the adoptee community, like when people yeah. find out that they were adopted. And I love it. I knew we were running right. In fact, a lot of the language we're using right now, we're borrowing from the adoption community as we try to develop language because there are a lot of similarities, especially when it, you know, and especially when adoptees find out that they're adopted. And um, in this, I'm in a Facebook group that has about 12,000 people. Uh, and within this Facebook group, we come from a variety of ways of this discovery. So some people end up discovering through taking the test for fun that they were adopted. Mm -hmm. Some people, through taking the test for fun, find out that they were donor conceived. They had no idea, right? And then within all of that, then it, it just it kind of multiplies out because all of a sudden you start recognizing, not, you know, not just that I have a, a, a paternity that I wasn't aware of, but I have siblings that I didn't know I had. That's just a whole different layer of experience. Uh, and so people who are donor conceived, um, 
they may find out that they've got lots and lots of siblings. I don't know if that makes makes sense, but it makes yes. a lot of sense. Um, I um, we unfortunately are running out of time, and everything you're saying is fascinating. So I personally would like to invite you back specifically to talk about the NPE model. We could talk more about adoption and some of the things that people mm -hmm. may not think of when your identity is disrupted and your family is disrupted like that. Mm -hmm. um, but before we do that, I would like to ask you um, about, because you know, being Lat Latina or Latinx people, uh, there are certain things, almost like with the African-American community too, you, they expect you to eat certain food and they expect you to talk a certain way and dance and dress a certain way, whatever the case may be. Um, I think in the Latin community, often it's like, oh, do you speak Spanish? You're not really Latin enough, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, and uh, I don't know if you agree with this, Rhonda, also your appearance, like, oh, well, you, you don't look Latin. You, why are you trying to claim this identity? So now that this has happened and being that that's already part of that community, how, how, how do you feel? Like, how do you identify now and how have you reconciled to move forward? Okay, so, you know, um, one thing, Donnie, is I always perceived that I had a Latin appearance. You know, I recognize I wasn't 100%, but I always perceived when I would, like when I would go to Mexico, people would be speaking Spanish to me. Uh, you know, when I would go in um, to more, uh, you know, where there was more of a Latin culture, then I would uh, very often be approached and I would end up saying, no habla espanol, right? And people would be surprised that um, I didn't know the language. And um, so for the longest, when I looked in the mirror, I saw this woman who had Mexican heritage, right? And, um, and then one day, you know, in the, the discovery of this, I did look in the mirror one day. It took me a while to look and see it. And then I recognized I don't see the Latin heritage anymore, right? And so some of it is in terms of our perceptions about who we are. If I've been told a story that I'm a Martinez, then I'm going to look for all of the, 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 the markers for being part of that culture, part of that heritage. Now, I do have um, Spanish and Portuguese heritage on my mother's side, right? So it's not totally out of the picture, but in terms of that strong identity to the Mexican heritage, um, I, you know, I ended up, you know, and, and, and I have not thrown away those things that I embraced about that culture because they really are a part of me experientially, right? It's just having that awareness that it is no longer a part of my ethnic heritage and identity in the way I had believed or had been told. Fascinating. Well, I cannot wait for us to chat again and really delve more deeply into this. To this. Thank you so okay. much for sharing. Right. Thank you for Thank having me. Thank you so me. much for coming on. A pleasure, a pleasure. Bye-bye. Ciao. <laughs> Cultures is thrilled to bring you the best of cross-cultural identity through highlights of the African diaspora in Latin America. Want more? Support us with a subscription that includes three annual deliveries of media, products, and experiences to embolden your cross-cultural identity and ensure you live in full color. Subscribe today at culturesmag.com forward slash subscribe.